there. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes of television to see what they can teach us today. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. We are doing the episode entitled Chewed Out from the show Small Wonder. This is season two, episode one of Small Wonder. Uh, You can't actually watch this online anywhere for free. This is another, if you're in LA, check out the Paley Center moment. The writer on this episode is Bruce A. Taylor, and the original air date, September 13th, 1986. Small Wonder. Yeah. What you going to say about some small wonder? <laughs> okay. I didn't know this show existed. you got to be kidding me. I didn't know the show what? existed. Miles didn't either. Oh, my God. How have you guys been living a life? Look, I didn't... I didn't know anything no, about it. No, I'm just it. kidding. It's so fucking stupid. You guys. <laughs> I, this is the first show that we've done on this podcast where I didn't even know what the show was. Like, there are shows we've done where I hadn't watched an episode, but this show, oh I didn't know anything about okay. it. Okay. Well, this is notoriously, there's a couple quick factoids about yes. the series. First of all, this is Fox Network's first sitcom ever. Oh. Um, it ran for way too many seasons. It, went, it ran for four seasons from four 1985 seasons. to 1989. They made 96 episodes. And it is considered by many, I don't really think so, but it's considered to be the worst sitcom of all time. Oh, I can back that up. Back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the goal was we need to get to 100 episodes mm-hmm. or near enough to that so that we can syndicate the show and then sit back and make a ton of money. Andy, is there a difference between syndication and reruns or are those terms interchangeable. I believe those terms are interchangeable. Okay. The small um, wonder is still running today. It is on like a In prisons? <laughs> <laughs> it's called a torture camp. Um <laughs> as part of a psychological experiment to see what man can take. Oh my god. Uh no, it's playing on some fifth some nebulous um TV channel called Antenna or something like that. Oh my god. Well, I watched the trailer for the DVD collection on uh, IMDb. Did the trailer have a layer of dust on it as well? (laughs) Uh, Video dust. I went to IMDb to look up the show because I'd never heard about it before and there's a trailer for the videos for the videos, for the DVDs and the end of the trailer calls it a classic beacon of 80s culture. My god, that's That's too highfalutin. Yeah, and what I got from the trailer is basically this is Alf with a robot. Yeah, that's real good. That's a really good thing. This, But, okay, this I, I will say this. Whether it's the worst episode or whether it's not, it's definitely the sitcomest sitcom that ever sitcomed. Uh-huh. And we'll get into that in a, a second as uh, we go through it. Okay, Andy, big, big news yeah. from the Hugging and Learning Post office front. Fresh off the wire. Fresh off the got wire. A ticker tape about it. Fresh out of the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles, can you tell us uh, what the big news is? I went to the post office box and uh, uh, somebody by the name of Annie sent us a snack. What? Which is before us. A snack. Oh my God. This is why we got into the podcast game. Just, Mail snacks. Yeah. Guys, send us more snacks. We want to retire early. <laughs> I, want, <laughs> yes. like, I want to retire on a podcast wealth of snacks. Uh, so this is great because also it's a snack that I'm not afraid to eat because I'm not afraid I'm going to be poisoned because it came in an individually sealed, like a factory sealed bag. And I wasn't worried about that till right now. <laughs> Um, it's goldfish brand, mm-hmm. uh, s'mores flavored goldfish. Annie, you it's it. like, you know us. <laughs> yeah. This I will is, eat snore, s'mores fucking anything. Let me tell you about this snack. Uh, there's going to be a picture of it on our Instagram, of course. Goldfish are made by Pepperidge Farm, maker of all kinds of great snacks. These things are, there are graham cracker goldfish, there are chocolate goldfish, and there are 
goldfish-shaped marshmallows. And no. I think what we have to do now is construct a tiny s'more yeah. out of these three components. I think we're going to hold off on roasting it over a fire. Yeah, I thought about putting time. it in the microwave, but I was like, what is, <laughs> <laughs> what is the correct amount of time? But then you realize that's horrible. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's, um, let's dig in. And yeah. Th- you fill up my senses like night in a forest. Like the mountains in springtime, like a walk in... All right, so Andy, how do you feel about these s'mores? Oh, my God. Goldfish s'mores. They've changed my life. I feel like I'm getting like um, yeah. chocolate Teddy Grahams yeah. plus Lucky Charms marshmallows. Yeah, it's got uh, like a cereal marshmallow. The, the fish mm-hmm. marshmallow are cereal marshmallows, which... I could eat an entire bag of. <laughs> right. Um, These have um, eight grams of whole wheat per serving, um, no synthetic colors, and no artificial flavors or preservatives. That's nice to know. I don't care. They're, They're basically delicious. health food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Fantastic. I'll open up a shop here in LA and just sell like cereal marshmallows, y'all. Okay. Let's talk about a fucking TV show. All right, let's get into maybe the least controversial episode of uh, TV that we've Says you. I got a lot to say. Yet. A lot to say. Great. So this, let's talk about this classic beacon of '80s culture. (sighs) Just quickly, some context. This is about teen tobacco use. Yes. That is the very. The name of the episode is called "Chewed Out" um, on IMDb. Other places, it's called "Smokers Delight." Smokers Delight. Whatever. By the Sugar Hill Gang. (laughs) (laughs) I said a smoke, smoke, a smoke, a smoke, a smoke, 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 a chew. Oh my god! Um, Smokey Chew so, <laughs> title of the episode. Uh, just a little bit of context: the this government banned cigarette commercials on TV yeah. in 1970 after the Surgeon General's report found that smoking cigarettes increases your chance of getting lung cancer. In 1964, I didn't realize that finding was so long ago, mm-hmm. but yet, so after 1970, no cigarette commercials on TV. However, this doesn't stop smoking characters from smoking on TV right. or in movies. Yes, and. And 40 years later, however many years later, characters on TV shows, movies, still smoking. And so there's still this fear that kids are going to think that it looks cool because characters Mm -hmm. on TV or in movies do it that are cool. Studies have shown that children are more sensitive to tobacco advertisements than adults. So there has been... Especially in the 80s, we've talked about the different depictions of drinking before. I feel like there's also these waves of like... This is the worst thing that could possibly happen. Ah, this is thing just something kids do up and down. And yeah. so we're right here smack dab in the middle of the 80s. And I feel like this was a time of like smoking kills, smoking stunts your growth, smoking's the worst. Let's caution the kids against tobacco use on their favorite sitcoms. And yet there, the cigarettes actually appear and are smoked on this, which is a relic. Yeah. Um, there was a recent uh, adaptation of Constantine, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a story about a guy who's died and gone to hell and he comes back and he just smokes every second of the day. There's a Keanu Reeves movie about it. Yeah. And this premiered, I think, at like nine o'clock on ABC and they literally never showed this guy smoking. They would just have him come in a room and like put out a cigarette. Like he had been smoking. Interesting. Sure. Yeah. Implied smoking. That's Implied the best smoking. we can do these days. Uh, amazing. Um, so let's talk about the weird ass ordinary world of this TV show. Well, I think it's all kind of summed up. Like this starts with a a a, a theme song. Your favorite kind of theme song. It's almost my favorite kind of theme song. It's it is 
almost an oh, hi there. This is an oh, didn't see you there. Yeah. It's, oh, hello there. Except everybody does that except for the mother's character. Yeah. It's just clips of her. Like... Yeah, and everyone's couldn't. doing a thing and then gets yeah. caught by the camera. What? what? I was about hey. to eat this sandwich that's right. as big as my fucking head. I was head. T- typing on my computer. Oh, God, you're there. I was a robot, and I chopped a table in oh half. Oh, my God, yes. So we, we learn from this that the, the, this family has a robot that has basically has superpowers. Like, whatever they right. need her to do in any particular scene, move a heavy object or chop a table in half or drag a grown person from a different room, Yeah, she can do. She has, like, super strength and all kinds of whatever is convenient. Right. So the, the story behind this, and, you know, strap in because it's going to take so long <laughs> to explain. Dude builds a robot. Done. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lawson, who's a genius engineer, according to the credits, Creates a little girl robot, and he names her Vicky, which is V-I-C-I, stands for Voice Input Child Identicant. Hilarious. Um, and then Vicky lives with his family, and I didn't watch the first season, so I don't know. Did he want a daughter? Is he angling for a Nobel Prize? I can't, I can't because remember. No, it's not anything like that. What has happened is they have a robot slave. Yeah. They don't treat her with any affection. Nope. They just make her do shit all and the time. They order her around and are disappointed in her. And they never change her clothes. So they're they, raising a me, basically. They want, <laughs> they want the neighbors and everybody that comes over to think she's their daughter, but they never change her clothes. And she's always wearing the same thing. And I'm like, guys, first of all, she's dressed like a doll from 1910. And yeah. secondly, put just put her in some jeans once in a while. Or, you know, how are you explaining away the things that this robot does constantly? Oh, she's just had a lot of milk today. Right. That's why she's super strong. And let's forget the fact that she isn't aging, which is going to be a problem down well, the line. that's also why the series was canceled, because they were like, this robot, they had to make up something in the fourth season uh, that was like, I've lengthened Vicky's joints to help with her mobility, because she's just getting fucking taller. Yeah, and also, change her clothes. Anyway, Anyway, so, yeah. so the the whole she, point of it like is a, they they make a robot, and the father wants to make sure she doesn't get like taken apart and studied. So right. he pretends it's an adopted daughter. I don't know what their end goal is because again they yeah. don't fucking care about this robot. No, not at all. And there, but there's a lot of like fish out of water comedy antics. She doesn't understand. Why people do the things they do. She speaks, she repeats a lot of things people mm-hmm. say. She speaks in a very stilted, artificial sounding voice. Mm-hmm. Her bangs are very troubling. Um, <laughs> there and, are there are four key comedy components to this to this series. Break it down. Uh Pratt Falls. Uh-huh. Vicky repeats something somebody said. Yep. Uh Vicky misunderstands a command. Yep. Shitty special effects. I feel like we saw all of that in this episode. We did. Three of them were in the first scene alone. It's true. It's true. Like, it's just, it's all they do. There's also, because this is a family with a secret, there is a nosy neighbor character. Her name is Harriet. She has an insane amount of hair. (laughs) This kid has so much hair. Like, I understand the term a shock of red hair because I was... I was upset you were how upset. much and not shown in this episode was Harriet's mother, um, also a, a likewise nosy neighbor who is played by uh, Edie McClurg, who you might remember as the the 
reserve the car reservation person from planes, trains, and automobiles. No, oh. that Steve Martin is saying, "I want my fucking reservation." And right. She says, "You fucked." Oh, cool. It's her. It's constant so mother. So it's like a mother daughter Mrs. Kravitz operation. Yeah, man, that's, next that's solid. That's a way to put it. So, uh, so this is a great ordinary world setup. The first five minutes, like you said, Vicky's cleaning the floor. The mom says her first Joan is her name. Her first line is, "It's a blessing." to have a robot around the house. And then Vicky empties the dirty mop water all over the floor, and then the dad comes in and slips on it, just like, boom, 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 this Prep is the ball. world. Misunderstood. Yep. Do this. Like, here's what I've written down. We open on an android capable of complex thought and amazing physical feats who's mopping a floor. <laughs> yeah, a robot slave. Yeah, it's a robot slave. And also, I'm just going to say this up front, I know Vicky's name. I didn't bother with the rest of the family. It is oh, father, mother, and kid. I looked That's them up. That's all I got. No, uh, I can't be bothered. <laughs> Don't even deserve names. <laughs> this is also, uh, for what it's worth, season two, episode one. So yeah. I, yeah, the thought is that we've ended the last, the first season of the show, the mm-hmm. first season of the first sitcom Fox ever made, and then we've come back. Hopefully with new viewers. God, who- this is the first one. It's like, hey, I can't wait to watch the Small Wonder yeah. premiere. And like 86, 1986 audiences being like, she's mopping the floor. What's yeah. going to happen next? Oh, my God. And are they in for a shock? Because the same shit they do all the time happens next. Right. That's the ordinary world. This is so, you know, as we do on the show, we talk about the hero's journey. Right. The hero's journey is real thin here. I'm going to do my best. Oh, God. Um, you have a Herculean task. But <laughs> Vicky herself could barely hold up the role <laughs> that you are taking on right now. But uh, yeah, so the ordinary world, I will say this for the show, set up very cleanly in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, that's Ted comes home. Ted is the engineer. He comes home from work at, yeah. I don't know, MIT, NASA, somewhere. I guess. And he's stressed out, and he takes out a cigarette, and he's going to smoke it, and his wife, Joan, does not approve and says, when did you start smoking again? So this is how we know that the ordinary world is sick. He shouldn't be smoking because he doesn't smoke. He did before. He doesn't now. So sure. that's, And then she says it's bad. He says, she's mainly got problems with the smell of cigarette smoke, but he says something about how they cause cancer. So this is, we know the ordinary world is sick. Dad doesn't usually smoke, but he has a cigarette because he's stressed about work. And mom throws his pack of cigarettes in the garbage. Here's, here's what happens before that. And this is going to go into a theory that I've made up yes. about this episode <laughs> yes. that we'll get to in a moment. But when he reaches for a cigarette, mom physically prevents him from doing this by twisting his arm and causing him a great deal of pain. She's constantly manhandling him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all keep that in mind as we move forward in this episode, because I got a lot to say about that. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's just... (laughs) Three more things to say about that. at least a couple sentences (laughs) to mention about that. So yeah, and, and she demands that he throws them in the trash, and he's like, well, fine, let the trash get cancer. (laughs) It's just like, uh, and there should be like, instead of a laugh track, there should be a grumble quietly track. A sigh track. Uh, That's supposed to be a joke. (laughs) I guess that's it. Man, I hope TV gets better someday. Hope there's a golden age of TV someday. Hang in there. Um, What, like 30 years? (laughs) Yeah, if you can make it that far. I'll sit right here. (laughs) 
Um, so the call to adventure comes next, which is the catalyst for change. So the mm. ordinary world is sick, and now something has to happen to send us on a journey that will heal it. Son, Jamie, mm. and his friend, Reggie. I remember home. Reggie's name, by the way. It's not his fault that he's friends with this horrible family. <laughs> it's true. So I don't fault him Poor for being Reggie on the show. Reggie into this. Reggie and uh, Jamie are 12. They have just started junior high school, seventh grade, and they are not finding the transition very easy. They feel like they're picked on at school. They're the low men on the totem pole, and they want to do something to raise their cool factor. Right. Here's a quick question. What's junior high? I mean, it varies, right? But sixth, seventh, eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade? I just, I don't, I grew up in a small swamp town in Virginia. Fancy Gap. Uh, which we'll call Fancy Gap. So that's my favorite town name <laughs> in Virginia. Fine. It is another town name in there, but I would say Fancy Gap was at least 10 years ahead of the <laughs> 50 years our town was behind. Um, and we... We didn't have no, we didn't have, we didn't kin to your fancy uh, junior high, your highfalutin junior high, uh-huh. or as they would call it, junior high. Does, oh, does that bother you? Yeah, I'm wrinkling yeah, my nose there, in junior high. Live there for high. 10 years, see what yeah. you feel about it. So I have no idea what this is, but it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Like the impression that I get is it's like sixth graders and then there's a ninth grader. So I understand there's going to be a huge transition there, but like, why are they treating us like babies? It's like two years behind. Like ninth grade to twelfth grade, I get. Like that's when it's like, well, you the, you're the beginnings and ends of puberty and responsibility, and you're about to leave school forever. But like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I grew up in a small town, Louisiana, called uh, we'll call it Bogalusa. Yeah, and the where I went to high school, there were some eighth graders through twelfth grade. Sure. Yeah, but before that, I went to the same school from kindergarten through eighth grade, and then I transferred. But I had a real hard time adjusting to high school. Well, yeah. I, I was, went to high school one town over, and I didn't really know anybody when I started school, and oh, it was gotcha. like... Well, thank you for clearing that up, by the way. <laughs> I don't feel like anybody knows what junior high is. I'm glad that I wasn't really out of the loop. No, I feel like, like it that. varies from place to place. Totally great. So anyway, Jamie and Reggie come home, and they, they say there's got to be a way we can prove to the older guys at school we aren't little kids anymore. Hold on. Not to interrupt, but this is legitimately the only slight chuckle that I had in this episode. Please. When Dad gets home, uh, it slips on the wa- mop Pratt water. Fall. Yeah, Prattfall. He says, oh, did uh, mother says Vicky dumped water on the floor. And he's like, she wet the floor. She hasn't even wet the bed yet. Then later on, when Reggie and the kid come home, <laughs> Reggie and the kid. Jamie. <laughs> nope. Uh, Reggie and the kid come home. Reggie's like, how you doing, Vicky? And she says, I haven't even wet the bed yet. Yep. Chuckle. Vicky repeating shit. I'm, I'm, I'm giving everybody some some time there to laugh it yeah, up. Yeah, laugh it up. Um, so then. So then they come home and they say, there's got to be a way we can get the older guys to know we aren't little kids anymore. And then Jamie's idea is like, maybe we can take them out to lunch. What the fuck with this idea? <laughs> like, it I, isn't like, maybe if we had some money, we could give them money to think we're cool. He's like, if we had some money, we could take them to lunch. What if we treat them to lunch? <laughs> like, what are you, a tiny businessman? Like, but, what is all right, this? But then if you follow this a little bit further, you realize the only way that they're going to be able to treat these people to lunch is in school. So they're offering to buy big kids school lunch. So it's like, hey, big guy, that square pizza slice and milk substitute are on me today. Are we best friends yet? This is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. It's not great. So, but then this leads to, so we need money. Jamie says, if I did my chores, I could get an advance on my allowance. He grabs the trash bag, finds a pack of cigarettes, and then goes, aha, 
actually, it's Reg's brilliant idea. Yeah. We can smoke to impress the older kids. And Jamie's only objection is we don't know how to smoke. Yeah, by the way. And, and you know, honestly, they're right. You're going to yeah. get super popular <laughs> in the 80s and 90s if you smoke. I started smoking when I was 15, and it doubled my friends to <gasps> four. <laughs> And then Drama Club rounded that back down to three. Oh, no. <laughs> I two. I never smoked. I've never smoked a cigarette. When I was about 10 or 11, they used to make these toy cigarettes. Did you ever see these things? They were like, you could get them at the carnival and stuff, where you put mm-hmm. it in your mouth and you blew like in it. Puff of smoke and a little puff of smoke comes out. Sure. Yeah. So I was at a, like a, a festival and uh, my friend Aaron and I bought some of those and we were walking around pretending to smoke them. Like children. Yeah, of course. Pretending to smoke cigarettes and puffing little puffs of smoke. And this woman that was a friend of my parents who was um, oh, no. also the curator of the is art her museum. Name Harriet's mom. No, her name is Miss Dolores. Oh. Miss Dolores saw me and she was a very elegant woman. She was like I said, the curator of the art museum and yeah. like she always had scarves. And <laughs> she, so, so Miss Dolores and Steven Tyler are elegant people to you. <laughs> yes. Just get some scarves, y'all. Tell him to his face he's not arrogant. Oh my god. I'm elegant as fuck y'all. Cut all of this out. So Miss Dolores came by and she said, there's nothing uglier than a woman with a cigarette in her mouth. Ooh la la. She didn't tell my parents. She didn't say anything That's else. All you needed. That's all I needed. That's fair. And then even in junior high and high school when kids were smoking under the bleachers at football games, I was just like, there's nothing uglier than a woman with a cigarette in her mouth. Did you, it, did you buy a bunch of scarves and tell everybody that? I did. Started wearing, <laughs> sc- started wearing scarves in the 100 degree Louisiana heat. Um, I declare. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I never, uh, even when I got to college and like all of the theater kids sure, were yeah. smoking all the time. I was never like, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe I'll take that up. I guess at that point it was just like, I didn't really feel drawn to it. And now when I see people smoking cigarettes, which I see in LA a lot more it's than weird. I did in New York. I saw three people walking together, all smoking cigarettes. And I was yeah. like, you must be from out of town it feels or an- France. It feels anachronistic to me it now. It does, right? I look at it and I'm like, with everything we know. Yeah. I'm also going to point so- out real quick, well, well, just to go back a step. When mother leaves with father, she's going, she's like, your father's taking me to go shopping. He's like, I am sitcom. She says, grab your ear to the father, which he does. And then she grabs his arm and makes him drag himself out by his ear, like screaming in pain the whole time. It, it was so weird. It was kind of beautiful. Well, here's my theory. Please. This is based on the fact that this is the actual thing about this episode. This show is the sitcomest sitcom ever. Mm-hmm. And it is so broad. It's so broadly written with such broad characters doing broad, ridiculous thing things. They all come off like absolute psychopaths. <laughs> they all seem like out of their mind, sociopathic, like secret killers. Yeah. Except for Vicky, who's great. Way to go, Vicky. You're doing fine. Who's who's a fucking robot? And I'm like, well, finally, there's She's someone. She's got the most humanity. With humanity <laughs> on this show. That identikit is really, yes. really warming my heart. So my theory is that mom is actually a psychopath. And she's uh, out to murder everybody that she sees. Try to prove me wrong. I don't have enough information to prove you wrong. All right. Um, but in this moment, Vicky solves the problem of the boys saying we don't have a spoke by saying she can teach them. She learned from a Betty Davis movie on TV. Can you please explain this to me? 
I can't. Fuck. What, what, I, I was, I There's was, a Betty Davis movie she I saw guess. on TV that had Betty Davis smoking in it, and apparently in Betty Davis smokes, she holds a cigarette in one hand, and she waves her hands around and says, Peter, Peter, Peter. I don't know what that movie that is. Me I neither. didn't look it up. No. It's, but anyway, so in typical, like, Vicky repeats things, she also apparently just repeats actions verbatim and uh, doesn't realize that there's no context for pita, pita, pita. And that becomes a thing that she teaches when she teaches the boys to smoke. She's like, this is how you do it. And then they later do it in front of one of the big kids. Whose name is? Pete. Uh. So, guys, I'm sorry that we've spoiled the biggest joke in the show for you, but... Um, you you can laugh right now Don't. because yeah. Anyway, so there's guys, no there's no guys, refusal of the call. Guys, there's no mentor. I, I can't like. I'm sorry. This show fucking sucks. It's terrible. It's, I love it, and it sucks. You I, love I, it. Like, nostalgia. I have such nostalgia oh, for this God, show. God, it's so bad. I know it's terrible, but it's like I grew up under some misapprehension. I, it's like I grew up in a cult or something like that, and I know that cult was wrong. But every now and then, I'm like, man. But remember when we used to like like. Jam, jam yeah, out around a fire so with like a fucking guitar and shit like that. I can't, I can't identify because I didn't ever know of this show until we decided to do this episode. I real love hate. I'm just, but I'm, I am mentally, I can tell you this show is terrible. Oh, yeah. Emotionally, it's fine. Okay. Well, so in terms of the hero's journey, keep trying to get us back there. There's, <laughs> there's no good luck. Right? There's no refusal of a call. There's not really a mentor unless you consider Vicky or Betty Davis to be a mentor in this case. We aren't even <laughs> really Betty Davis the mentor. We aren't even really sure who the hero is or what the journey is yet. Can you? Can we call this a hero's stumble? Yeah, maybe a hero's shrug. A hero's sit sit a spell. Uh, but we are now definitely in the special world where kids sure. smoke. Okay. So in the ordinary world, kids don't smoke, nobody smokes, dad doesn't smoke. Special world, everybody wants to smoke. So we go into scene two, and there is a weird transition. Like, one scene shrinks and the other one, like, blows. Yes. It's, like, real, like, hey, I just found this movie program, this movie-making editing program on my computer. I don't know how to use it. But I'm going to edit a professional television Yeah, it's a show. real like PowerPoint presentation of a transition. Uh, Vicky, the next scene is up in the kid's bedroom with Reggie and Vicky, a robot capable of complicated thought who could revolutionize the workforce in America and all around the world, teaches boys how to breathe in and out. Excellent. Excellent breakdown of that scene. Thanks. Um, except that she doesn't because she exhales through her ears. All right. So here we go into <laughs> the special special effects of this episode and this series. And I couldn't put enough quotation marks around special. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they are mundane effects at best. Um, she inhales and then she holds it. Uh, Jamie says, blow it out. And she exhales through her ears. So steam starts coming out of both of her ears for a really long time. Mm. And then she blows smoke rings out of her ears. Yeah. And it's a good gap. But I'm really very worried about her wiring and internal circuits. You know what I'm worried about is that the <laughs> these effects are done in such a way that obviously they're added later on. And these boys are looking the wrong zip code in reaction to this smoke. <laughs> well, speaking of reaction, Reggie is not nearly as How freaked out. <laughs> I was like, oh, so Reggie knows that she's a... No, no, he doesn't. No. Jamie makes some lame excuse. There's no way that you could watch that and then not run screaming from that house. No, you know what you would do? You'd be like, oh, fuck, that's a robot, right? 
<laughs> Your sister's a robot, I wrote, right? I wrote it down. I oh, like, that's why she never changes clothes. Oh, it all makes sense. I guess, the, I guess that lobotomy I had had prevented me from putting those clues together. I wrote down here, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're playing it off like Vicky's a real person. Yeah, and then uh, to prove that she's a real little girl, she's ordered to the kitchen to make sandwiches. <laughs> Go make us some sandwiches, <laughs> robot. <laughs> little robot woman. Ah, the robot patriarchy. Just marching her down to the kitchen to make sandwiches. Uh, yes. And the- then the boys practice smoking some more. They cough a lot. The smoke attracts the attention of Raggedy Ann. I mean their neighbor, Harriet. <laughs> <laughs> who bumps in through the window. Are they on the second floor, though? Yeah, she must climb a tree or something. That's the such a sitcom trope, though. That I happens know, all the time. But it was disturbing at first. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> she pops in, and she immediately uses this information to blackmail Jamie. I think she's supposed to be like in love with him or has a crush on him so. or something. She blackmails him to go out on a date, which includes a fancy lunch. At which point I'm like, am I fucking crazy? Do kids love lunch? I wrote down the Were same they thing. Right? I was like, what is with these kids and lunch? They're fucking obsessed with lunch. Like, is it, do they have like, all right, in the writer's room. Do their parents not let them go out at night? It's not. It's like no dinner. What's dinner? <laughs> lunch is the only food I eat all day. I just feel like in the writer's room for Small Wonder, they've got like the four different forms of jokes they can write, and then like a a slapdash list that says what kids like, and lunch. it's like lunch and a question mark underneath that. Oh, I just she, found some really interesting information about Betty Davis. Oh, fucking thank oh, God! Go be I was doing a little, yeah. still the, the tiny bit of research I was doing while you guys were hucking it up over here. Uh-huh. Oh my God! The first thing is. The first thing is a video called Betty Davis and the Pita Mystery. <laughs> is it not real? What? What's happening? I don't understand. Wait. I don't understand. Is this not a real movie and the Small Wonder writers made up a movie so they What's... could use the name of the jock character from later? Oh my God. I'm fucking. How I'm... deep does it go? I'm having an aneurysm, people. <laughs> All right. Okay. okay. It's a two minute and 14 second video. Chelsea, I have to watch this video. Okay, let's take let's, a break. We'll take we, a pause. I'm gonna eat more snacks. While I eat, while I watch. Pause. Okay, guys, we watched this video. I'm gonna put it on the website. Um, so you can watch it too. There's no real clarification. Uh, apparently there's no movie in which she ever says pita, 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 but it was like somehow became her catchphrase, even though there was no movie. And there was a movie called the letter where she said something about a character named Peter, but it isn't Pete. Pete. It, yeah, it's real weird. There's someone did bother to make a video about this, by the way, mystery. Um, uh, obsessed person. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to put it, but like, yeah. there's just no... There's a clip of Betty Davis on the Jack Parr show on which everybody is fucking smoking. And she's like, I've never said pita in my life! Yeah, weird. I'm guessing, though, that they named the jock Peter so they could yeah. do that catchphrase thing. I don't get it, man. These kids are so far too... I mean, I guess it's Vicky's, that's the bridge here, but these kids are so far too young yeah. to know who Betty Davis is or that that she has this catchphrase. Anyway, let's move on. Where the fuck are we? The boys yeah. are practicing smoking. Oh yeah, Harriet Jamie, comes Jamie, lunch. Jamie the kid agrees to take Harriet to lunch. And next scene. Wait, wait, the- wait. She says, see you later, you silver-tongued little devil, you. Yeah. 
Thanks, right. adult writers. Yep. But the cigarettes need to be hidden is the next bit oh, of business. Oh, he hides them on Vicky. He hides like them on Vicky. Goddamn genius. Yeah, so this is just another example of how Vicky's never going to change clothes because he hides them in her clothes. Yeah. Um, and also, she's a robot slave slash hiding place, apparently. Next scene. We're back in the kitchen. It's breakfast time. Mom tells Vicky to go get the kid. And not to take no for an answer. And I really think that in my psycho mom theory, mm-hmm. I think she's just trying to find the right phrase that will get Vicky to actually murder somebody, but will also give her like plausible deniability. This is a great theory. So maybe we look at all of her actions if we ever watch an episode of this again. Nope. As trying to prompt Vicky to commit murder. Well, already she she's wants like, to murder someone. Her husband brings home an automaton, and she's like, "This finally. is the." Best way for me to get away with this. I'll get this this robot kid to carry out my... Yeah. Uh, again, already she's accidentally had the robot dump water on the floor and dad almost killed himself. Uh-huh. Skittering and scattering across yeah. the floor. Grabbing the kitchen Sk- island. Skating. So, the, so sh- the kid gets dragged in and this sets up the B plot line. He says he needs his privacy. Okay, this is all insanity. He yeah. says he needs his privacy... They share a room, and he needs Vicky out of his room. She sleeps in a cabinet like a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) And the parents are like, cool, we'll move the cabinet into our room. You know what's like a cabinet? A closet or a basement. Or she could sleep in the living room. She doesn't sleep. Or, hey, modern fucking genius, what about putting an off switch on this robot and just throwing her wherever? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like dump her out in the backyard and turn her off. This is going to lead to some quote-unquote comedy later. This is the B storyline. Is like Vicky has moved into mom and dad's room. And what they want to do is they want to reinforce that Jamie's like the kid. The kid is like... I, I'm trying to be a grown-up here, so I don't want my sister in my room. That would ruin my reputation with the guys that I'm trying to buy lunch over here. <laughs> sure, they'll be like, oh, it's that kid that buys us lunch, but he hey, sleeps in a room with his sister. Yeah, but you know what would make you super popular with those kids is if you told me you had a fucking robot sister. How about that? Everybody would want to come over to your yeah, house. Yeah, dude, you'd be a superstar overnight. Everybody would want to come to your sleepovers. Also, she can, like, kill things <laughs> <laughs> and lift things and blow smoke out of her ears. Oh, my God. Your and ticket to popularity gotta, is right there. Come on, man. You're just not thinking Think hard enough. about it. Maybe so, you are a baby. That's the end of Act 1. Is like, you need to put this kid in your room. And the mom's like, sure, it might be kind of fun. Okay. Weird. Yeah, no. It might be kind of an opportunity yeah, to get yeah. rid of this father. Influencer. Act 2, we're, we're back with uh, the kid and Reggie, and they're in the backyard of their house. Yeah, and Jamie has invited the biggest jock in the, the ninth grade. biggest jock in the ninth Wait, grade. we'll get there. Over uh-huh. by promising him a rare baseball card, and then an extremely unathletic older boy shows up. <laughs> He's barely the biggest jock in this backyard. <laughs> He's not a jock by any stretch of the imagination. They haven't even put him in the stereotypical jock signifier of a sitcom, some kind of jersey or letterman jacket. Usually a cutoff thing of some kind. Something. Letterman jacket, sure. No, he, this kid shows he's up, a, he's got the weirdest haircut I've ever seen. A poofy turquoise shirt. He's wearing shirt. a button-down shirt. He takes the card and is all set to leave until Jamie says, let's wrap and have a cigarette. Let's wrap and have a cigarette. Uh, Thanks, adult writers. And Pete says, you guys smoke? Yeah, this kid's name is Peter Watts, by the way. Um, I wrote it down, so now we all know. And the boys are by now very adept at smoking. They take cigarettes out, they start smoking, and they're not coughing, and it's just... Oh, no, they take, they take the cigarettes out, and they do the pita, pita, pita thing. Oh, God, yes. Which, all right, man. <laughs> sure, kids. Great, great, great. 
Hey, maybe I do hope that lunch idea works out for you. <laughs> you look like stupid, stupid, stupids. But Andy, does this work? Are they now popular? Yeah, almost immediately. But no, there's a there's a hitch in the plan. Yes, Peter, Peter Watson, excuse me, Peter Watson. Uh, is like, you guys smoke, that's for babies. Nobody cool smokes anymore. And they're like, ah, let's get rid of these cigarettes. No, what's cool now is chewing tobacco. Or as the kids around my high school called it, dip. Yeah, dip. And this was legit in Fancy Cap, Virginia. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, Bogalusa, too. Sure, people would would do dip in uh, fucking P.E. Like, they would just carry around, like, a can of Coke, and they'd spit in that. Oh, fucking clear Gatorade bottle. Like, we're not even pretending. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... Even in college, in some large, one of those big survey classes where like 500 kids in it, I ended up one day randomly just sitting next to this guy I went to high school with, and he was sitting there spitting his dip into a bottle. And I was like, wow, still, huh? Yeah. Still doing this. Still a thing, I guess. It's so gross. It's It's disgusting. so much grosser than anything else. Yeah. So he's like, no, but chewing tobacco is the thing. So these kids try chewing tobacco and they do another, oh, this is gross kind of a thing. And it fucking works. But he says this thing and then they buy into it that um, dip is as cool as cigarettes without the nasty health side effects. Sure. He says like, you know, it, it won't, it won't slow you down like cigarettes won't mess up do. your lungs. It's Still, perfectly uh, fine. Sports look at people the, do yeah, it. Look yeah. Look at all the pro ball players who do it. How could it be bad for you? They sports would never. People. Yeah. Did I grow people. up with drama? If I refer to them as sports people. people? Yes. Sportsers. Um, Those men who do the sports. And Pete says, maybe you're cool and maybe I'll think about talking to you at school one day. Mission mission accomplished. Cut to Vicky going to sleep in her coffin. Yeah, the parents are trying to move the fucking vampire box <laughs> in their room. And Vicky does it herself. Shitty special effect. Oh, it picks up this huge thing. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not even worth getting into. The, the it's dad really is, not. It's, the dad is trying to get the mom to have sex with him, but Vicky can see and hear them through the cabinet, and she keeps piping up. And Joan says, I can't do this with you while Vicky's in the room. And it's like, you didn't think about that before? You said you thought it'd be fun. Oh, my God. All right, here's the thing. Dad's a real creep, right? <laughs> I don't know. Everyone no, in this actually, show is horrible. No, no, no. I got gotcha. you. I will, I will win you over with this simple fact. One day, that dad sat around and said, I need to make a robot. But what kind of a robot? Form I know. A 10-year-old fucking girl. Yeah. Everyone's the worst in this Creep! Yeah, and he's constantly worst. like, come on, let's do it. Let's fucking have sex. But the robot can see me. Well, I don't care. Yeah. Kind of into it. No. Mom's just like, hold on. Hold anyway. on, mom. You can murder these people for real. <laughs> Wait for it later. Robot yeah. murder. So... Fortunately, thank God, we are now approaching the inmost cave. Oh, thank God. Because Vicky is starts smoking in the cabinet. They mentioned that they're going to watch a Betty Davis movie, which I guess yeah, signals to Vicky, you hey, it. you better smoke. Yeah. They open up the cabinet. They smell smoke. It's coming from the cabinet. They open it up and fucking, because it's that, that horse might not be dead enough. <laughs> she does the pita, pita, pita thing. Yeah, and then she points the finger at Jamie immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah, rat's mouth. Um, and his parents confront him, and sh- and he says, I'll never smoke again. I just dip now. And then we get to the supreme ordeal, the climax, the showdown with the shadow. The parents are suitably horrified and confused. Although mom does say chewing tobacco is even more dangerous than smoking. Hey, maybe don't make this a contest, mom. We're trying to prove a point here. <laughs> right. And I don't want to look at an episode and be like, oh, well, then I should do smoking, huh? Right, where <laughs> smoking's better. The dad does the old reverse psychology thing and tells Jamie, oh, you like dipping, huh? You know, put more in there, put more in there. And then when Jamie can't take anymore, he puts more in 
with his own fingers, the dad does, and then slaps Jamie on the back. So Jamie swallows the whole thing of chaw that he has in his mouth and has to run to throw up. Which, if he didn't, they'd have to make him because that's a health risk oh my amount God, of it's chewing so tobacco. Terrifying. That could kill your child. Problem solved, though. He'll never dip again. Success. Hey, we got our kid to throw up. We're great parents. Did you know anyone? I feel like I knew people in high school whose parents caught them smoking and then made them smoke a whole pack of cigarettes. My dad actually did this to himself. Mm. He uh, was in college and he had smoked a few cigarettes but felt guilty about it or just didn't want to be that guy so he was living in some sort of frat house or another uh, and he bought himself a carton of lucky strikes and sat in a closet a carton yeah sat in the closet and smoked as many as he could until he felt physically ill and never smoked again oh well i mean it worked yeah he clockwork orange himself after a fashion but it's just Oh, God, I can't Im- I've gagged. Yeah. Oh, at the happened. child abuse? Yes, yeah, at the child abuse. But that's it. Problem solved right there. We're already at, and we leave this scene. And then we <laughs> get to our reward and consequences part. Yeah. And this is where it real gets oh, real very special episode. You guys, it's just. This is the specialist part. They've only got a couple minutes left. Yeah. They realize that they haven't really landed a message quite yet about the dangers of, of cigarettes and chaw. So Jamie comes home from school and he's like, I'm upset. And they're like, why? And it's because he says, well, turns out that Peter Watson had a sore in his mouth and he went to the doctor and he's got mouth cancer. This has all happened since yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Although Peter Watson does say, I've been doing this for a long time. What is that, like six months? Yeah, but like we watched him put dip in his lower lip. If there were a sore in there... Would he be doing that? Or would he be like, I would, but I... He's the biggest jock in ninth grade. He Maybe is he the just biggest jock in the ninth grade. I think he plays shuffleboard. I don't know what that physique is. So dad says in response to finding out that a child has mouth cancer, he says, well, this is a heck of a way to prove my point. No, Way to make it about you, dad. Way to make it about being a psychopath, dad. <laughs> well, Jamie is scared straight, and that's all that matters. Also, he says he's not as grown up as he thought he was, <sighs> which... It prompts two things. One, Vicky puts her box back in his bedroom. And two, Harriet comes by about the date and he blows her off. And he slams the door in his face and his mother chides him about his poor manners. You know who else didn't like poor manners? Noted psychopath Hannibal Lecter. Mm. Brains in his butt. Brains, like, <laughs> Brains in his butt. Mom's a psychopath. It's not, that doesn't apply to anything. No, no, I'm just saying, like, as far as our theories, it's our, our theories that prove to be Mom's correct. Mom's a psychopath. Mom's a psychopath, brains in his butt. butt. Great. So I guess we're back in the ordinary world where things are now stable. Uh, Harriet's back outside the house, and she doesn't have a claim on Jamie. Uh, Vicky's, <laughs> right. Vicky's coffin is in Jamie's room again, and Jamie doesn't smoke, and neither does anyone else in the house. And I guess Pete Watson loses the lower half of his jaw. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it takes to teach our child a lesson. It's freaking horrifying. Oh, my God. So, in terms of the journey... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Jamie's the hero, clearly. Uh. He's the person that learns a thing. And I guess the journey he thinks he's on is to how to be cool in junior high. And then he he realizes that the... That reward is not worth smoking or dipping. No. In which case, the ordinary world is not healed because Jamie's still not cool. It's, I, I wrote, it's a little convoluted. Also, this show is terrible. Yeah, it's a little convoluted. Also, this show is terrible. 
That Ooh. can be small wonders motto for all I can care. I'm so glad that we had such a great snack at the top of this episode because this is just yeah. This this almost this became our first lost episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because I almost lost it. In the middle of it. You know oh who my the God. hero was in this episode? Us for watching. Yeah, it's so true. Okay, so in terms of who did you want to hug? I, uh, I honestly, I wanted to hug Vicky, but more than that, I wanted to hug uh, Vicky Brissett. I don't know if you did any research on this this poor lady. Uh, Vicky Brissett, nine years old at the time of being cast in this, beat out a bunch of other kids, mm-hmm. has only done this and a couple of other acting things in her childhood, now lives in Boulder, Colorado. She's a registered nurse, and she seems just fine. That sounds great. They did like an interview, like a where are they now thing. She seems super cool, awesome. super down to earth. She's very happy. She At the time, she was like, you know, I'm registered nurse. I'm doing good in the world. I'm looking forward to having a family someday. Great. That's awesome. She's not doing drugs or whatever Ricky Schroeder's doing these days. Uh, Sorry, he's probably fine. She's I, not screeching it up, I guess, right? is what I'm trying to say. I want to hug Peter Watson because he has cancer. Yeah, but you could catch that mouth cancer. I guess. I don't no, know. Can't. They didn't tell me. They didn't you tell me can't. much about it. I didn't learn it from this episode, that's for sure. Ugh. Um, and then what did, yeah, did we learn anything? No, no. No. Well, I'll tell you what. I did learn that the mother is a psychopath and that if you do too broad of comedy, people will seem deranged. I guess I learned a lot about Betty Davis. This is another thing where my external research wormholes. Yeah, but I feel like that's just us. We taught each other that. This episode... You know what I learned is that, you know, that old trope of like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I want to hit my head against a wall. Yeah. That can happen. <laughs> like you can actually feel that because in talking about this episode and watching it, I, I le- legit thought a couple times I need to hit my head against something. Anyway, I guess this is a good, uh, this is a real good <laughs> contrast to the episode <laughs> that we aired last week. Yeah. Because that was a great episode of like what excellent writing and excellent you know, character development can do with real high stakes to make it really hit home. And, and this is a great example of how none of those things can work and you don't learn anything. Uh, All right, folks, stay away from this show forever. I'm really sorry that we've exposed you to this much of it, but we took this bullet for you. So please send us more snacks as a reward for our heroics. Yeah. Thank you, Annie. You really got us through this. Annie, God bless you. You're a big wonder. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box, where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. You can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks! Thank you.